friends. Welcome. Hello, hello. Welcome. Welcome to our next episode. <laughs> so proud of yourself. <laughs> so proud. I love how proud of yourself you are sometimes. Well, you know, someone's got to be proud of me. I'm always proud of you. You are? Of course. Oh, that's sweet. Say honey. something so ridiculous. God, sometimes you say things that just make no damn sense. It's the second time you said that today. Yeah, and it's only, uh, it's not even 11 o'clock. Look at us. Hello, my love. Good morning. How are you doing? I am great. Yeah? It's good to be back. It's good to be back. I do. I, I like doing this. Me too. I know. Sometimes I want to go on a binge, though. I'm like, let's record three, prodca- three podcasts all at once. We should. I l- I'm game. We should. I should think it's a great idea. Get four or five in the can <laughs> for when life happens and we... Don't have the time. We don't have the time or the privacy. No, that is Helen Gone from Cartagena. Well, Do we have any front, um, desk. front desk or like what you know? You know, it's like when you go to the movies and you see the previews. Mm. Like, I mean, that really isn't. I want to do some crowdsourcing here. Okay. So, are, are both of you listening? <laughs> Of our two to five listeners, um, we really want to do the video podcast thing. Oh, yeah. We do. Yes. I mean, you know, we're not celebrities, but we're not bad to look at. No. And I think it would give us an opportunity to put things on the gram a little bit differently. On the gram. We could beef out the YouTube channel. For sure. We could create one. Doesn't exist yet. Doesn't exist. Um, (laughs) However, all of the things that I've seen when people are doing the video podcasting, they're not in the same place. Or if they are recording in the same place, there is heavy editing. It is professional level. Yeah. We don't have that. No. And I think, yeah. We don't have the professional editing. No, we don't. I mean, we don't have the time, the energy, or the... I mean, it's like, it's a three-person minimum. Yeah. And I think of... Well, I think of Two Bears, One Cave. Yeah. Because often, when they are talking, we could hear the laughing from the different room, the (laughs) the sound engineers are laughing. And then I've actually seen clips where we see a shot of that room, and it's easily three or four people that they pay. Um, Yeah. And like, anything like that is professional level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know well the one that i always think about are those two young men the basement yard yeah. <laughs> i love them so much right and they have like a thousand episodes they, they're, they're so cute <laughs> and i'm like how do they do this like yeah that's true do I, they just have friends it's they have friends their friends are like we love to hang out too and we want to do the maybe. editing yeah i don't know Curious. um <clears throat> but they, it also seems like a level of editing that our schedules do not no. <laughs> allow us the time to and do. You know what I think might be the only answer. Mm. I hate to say this. I was thinking about this for our other podcast side project. Mm-hmm. You know, the one for work. <laughs> that one. Um, is like we do. We start off by doing the episode like we usually do, and then we do it. We like take clips of what we want to talk about again on video and just have a shortened, like not the whole episode but just clips. Wow. That's like three or four minutes. So we just take the highlights or like yeah. the bullet points 
you know, the learning targets. Okay. And then we videotape doing it again. Mm. I mean, if we go by our teaching experience, the first time we talk about it is always okay, but you know, maybe you miss stuff or forget stuff you want to bring up. Mm-hmm. Second time is better. Third time was usually the sweet spot. After that, it's like, did I already say did this? Did I say this already? And yeah, it's yeah. nonsense. So I think I think that would be an idea. I'm floating that idea out. All right. My thought was I could be at the yoga studio and record, and you could oh, be home that's and record. Fun. So oh. that would be a way to do it too, because right. then we're not in the same place, right. and we could use we had some technical glitches with echoing and mm-hmm. headphones and. Well, let's see what our uh, listeners have as far as input if there is a magic recording scenario that we haven't found i love it i love it love it that was my only front desk thing yeah i got i don't have much Hmm. and by not much i mean anything (laughs) nope and sometimes if i don't have stuff my front desk will like surface halfway through yeah oh yeah this is what i want to talk about but no i got nothing so we can just so you're gonna do a late check in late check in (laughs) (laughs) oh we just stayed at a hotel this weekend we did so that was funny i found that funny because we went to a wedding we did go to a wedding which was beautiful so beautiful oh my god it was amazing so much crying you did a lot of crying i always do uh not always you don't always i don't know which which is why I hate to say that I tolerate it. Wow. I love that this is how we're starting this episode when we're about to talk about some sacred masculine. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's pretty sacred. All right. But, but I guess I shouldn't say tolerate it. That's how I know it's like actually genuine from you. Mm. You don't cry at everything. I do not. Because if you cry at everything, much like if you love everything... I do love everything. It means nothing. No, you don't. You hate a lot. And this is where we do I our, don't hate. We we do our best bonding over what we hate. I don't think I hate. I don't think hate is the right word. I think I'm significantly disappointed in many things in the world. <laughs> it's not hatred. It's disappointment. I'm not true. mad. I'm disappointed. Wow. Ooh. Way to drop the parent response. Well, you know. Well done. Um. So we're just diving in. Today's, we're diving in. Today's episode is called... The Yoga of Travis Kelsey. Who would have thought? No, not me. And I'm not talking about the yoga that you think. So if anyone thinks that I have researched if Travis Kelsey does physical asana yoga practice, I have not. I have no idea. Don't. doesn't matter. Maybe he does. Yeah. Uh, I would hope that anyone who plays professional sports ball does yoga. Um, That's been my thesis for many years. I think that some teams probably have it wrapped up in their stuff i would be shocked if it was nowhere in the nfl i mean especially yin they all need to be doing yin yoga yeah anyway um not that kind of yoga i don't actually know what you mean when you say the yoga of i know you weren't talking about the physical practice Mm -hmm. and i know enough to know that i don't know exactly what you mean by when you say like the yoga of insert anything yeah because there's always like the yoga of something Mm mm-hmm What do you mean by that? So, you know, we typically think of yoga as being a physical practice. I think that's like the vernacular that's out there. And when you look at yoga through the philosophy side of things and the uh, history side of things, we also are talking about uh, personal 
development and awareness. We're talking, we are talking about movement or physical embodiment. We're talking about being of service in the world, being of use, showing up, being useful to humanity. And we're also talking about expressions of love, romantic and otherwise. And so when we look at these four categories of yoga that do include physical practice, but aren't exclusive to physical practice, um, we can find that there's yoga in everything, you know, and that everything has a yogic component if we're doing it with mindful awareness. Yeah. What were the four categories you said? Like, So if we're to use yoga words, right? We yeah. have yana yoga. Oh, okay. What's that um, mean? That is the yoga of awareness, uh, personal, professional development type of stuff. Okay. That's like what happens when you read, uh, you know, a Carol Dweck book or... Who's, who the hell is Carol Dweck? Okay. Um, when you read a book by Malcolm Gladwell. Okay. That would be the yoga of sure. awareness, right? <clears throat> There's Raja Yoga. Raja Yoga is includes asana practice, includes physical That's practice. That's physical practice. Yeah. Um, there's karma yoga, which is the service aspect. And there's bhakti. Bhakti yoga is the yoga of love, devotion. So, you know, I am not a sports ball person. You're slowly becoming one. Mm. My goal... TBD. Yeah, TBD. I mean, no, you, I would say you are because you are, you're, when we watch games on Sunday, like you are aware of what's going on. You're not just, you're, you're very rarely like so out of the loop where you're like cheering for the thing that you're not like, we're not watching the giants and you're like, oh, there's a 15 yard penalty for the, on the giants. And you're like, yes, 15 yards. Well, if you're going to do something, do it correctly or don't bother. Right. I think you don't give yourself (laughs) enough credit as far as your knowledge, awareness, involvement while sports are going on. Like, you don't need to, like, be reading about it all week. Like, Yeah. But I think while it's happening and in the moment, you are. I think it works. My goal is to get you sneaky. Like, what I want, my goal is, like, by next April, Mm -hmm. when the Masters is on, you're, you're like, oh, How's John Rahm doing? Mm. It's a what's what's where's McElroy at? You think it's going to transfer to other sports think, besides football? I think it could. Okay, wouldn't help if there were snacks out. I don't want to make you sound like a. I mean, snacks are great. I Who know, like <laughs> snacks. <laughs> don't make you sound like well, as long as food's around, she'll be interested. Like I mean, <laughs> I'm fine with that. Okay, food is lovely. Okay. I. I think the thing is, is that I know a significant amount about football. Yes. Not necessarily professional football. You know, like I never have really known any players' names Mm. ever. Um, And I did significant coaching of youth cheerleading. and You were around it a lot. I was on a lot of youth football boards, right? And paid attention to those things, which is so funny to think about in retrospect how much i learned from football by watching seven-year-olds play football yeah um and all of the years of volunteering with that and and genuinely i do believe perceive and have experienced how much youth sports give Mm. to 
human development mm. and uh, childhood development and connection and being able to think about the we before the me mm. kind of stuff. So, um, but I'm, I would not identify as a sports ball person. Sure. I also would never identify as a Swifty. Okay. Fair. I mean, I love Taylor Swift. Right. I've always loved her music. Yeah. Um, she... I mean, they're younger. She's younger than yeah, us. Like, significantly but, yeah, younger. Like ten, 10 years. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And so when she was. generation, kind of. Yeah. Right. And, you know, considering the age of our children. Yeah. You know, like yeah. when she was singing about wearing short skirts and t-shirts and all of the things. Mm, right. I had three children. Right. <laughs> and so well, relating to her lyrics although they were amazing and her voice is incredible and her music right. talent is over the top mind blowing. Right. Um, to a degree, you have to be into what she's singing about. And sometimes it was like, you singing about the high school experience. Yeah. I'm 23 and you're or like, you know, you feel like my thirties. Right. Right. Like I'm 30, you're singing about high school. I'm like, have we been far removed in, from this where it's like, it's tricky. Retro and tricky, or like we're still kind of too close to it. You know, yeah, it's something like that. But always cute. Always. And it's a bop, as the kids would say. It's, They're always a bop. Does it slap? <laughs> Is this something that slaps? <laughs> I'm unclear. We are fully in Nana and Pop Pop talking about the young people uh, I, podcast right now. I'm unclear as to what <laughs> has the ability or potential to slap. I, you know, Trans-Siberian Orchestra last week. Oh, it is serious slapping. That was more than just slapping. Whatever is a a, a level above slapping. Okay, God, that show is amazing. It was amazing. Um, so not necessarily a sports ball fan, right? Not necessarily a Swifty at that level. Um, and yet I am enchanted <laughs> by these two young humans and their love story it's so beautiful it's great and from what i hear so cutesy it's so cutesy and like it was really rolled out well Mm -hmm. mainly because bravo like when she was there and first going to the stadium like this season they were already a well-established couple yeah like this was not the first time she's meeting people whatever so like I know for everyone watching, it's like, oh my God, it's so new. Like to them, it's like, I mean, it, it is, but it's not as new as maybe you right. think. So props to whatever. We didn't we didn't do as good a job keeping our relationship under wraps. No. <laughs> no, yeah. We weren't as vigilant. We, we were not. not. Have, we also didn't have publicists. We true we definitely did not have that. Yeah. Although Carrie might Count. Carrie could have been one of our publicists she was, at the time. She could have been both yeah. of ours. Yeah. That's pretty Definitely funny. was working on the PR side of things. Right. All right. So you're not a, you're not a football fan, you're not a Swifty. I would say I would agree with those, but you are not as far removed from those things as Right. right. But I think that as a happily married old Aww woman you are all three of those things (laughs) um with adult children and a grandchild travis kelsey's sacred masculine Mm -hmm. in demonstration from what we've seen in the public obviously it's a limited view on his 
manifestation of this relationship. <laughs> yeah. Um, and his ability to show up in a way that we do not often see mm. is a perfect demonstration of all, oh, like, of total masculine energy without toxicity. Mm. And that's remarkable and beautiful to have demonstrated and have demonstrated on the world stage to sound dramatic. No, given his profession yeah, and such a, you know, overtly masculine profession that he has. And typically the ways that we see like the jocks mm. portrayed in relationship is not how he is showing up. Yeah. And I think that he is going to, he's, he's shifting an entire dating paradigm for a generation. I hope so, especially with what we are and have been hearing about people dating. Like famous people dating. Or I mean, anyone, really. Yeah? It's like, I mean, there's the, there's how many terms that we see thrown around about dating nowadays? How like women don't, seem to be as interested in finding a partner mm -hmm. as they may have been 30, 40, 50 years ago. Yeah. Um, while also hearing about how men also don't want to yeah. find a partner because they have trouble finding someone that they feel will love them unconditionally mm -hmm. and not on the condition that they are X, Y, and Z. And also so the ridiculous crap where like the ick factor Mm. or no, a new ick unlocked and it is like mm. women usually describing or listing behaviors they deem quote unquote ick mm. and it's like deal breaker sort of stuff yeah so there's a is a funny tic tac account that has broken it down into two categories and then five levels where the ick is either you are either like not masculine enough or you are too feminine or something like that and it's like you can fall in one of these two categories and level one through five five being this isn't a big deal to one being this woman is irrational and wow with with their declaration of behaviors they find quote unquote icky mm. i mean some of it is, some of it's like he is wearing a raincoat one was a woman said when a woman hey man if i see a man waiting in line oh, i just get the ick like, what? What do you what do you want? Do you want him to be <laughs> elbowing his way to the front and understand. demand anything? Yeah, and I think like there there's also we've talked about this before, you know, as being grateful that we never have to do the dating thing again. Um the you know, the game playing and the holding back and the I'm not going to declare anything because I'm not going to be the first one to do X, Y, and Z, or I don't want to be seen as being vulnerable or having any kind of weakness, you know, and, and it turns into this false watered down version of yourself that you're presenting in a situation where I don't even know what the end game is at that point. Like, are you dating just because you're bored and you like to hear yourself talk mm. about the same stories that you've had your right. whole life to different people all the time? I don't know if you said this on this podcast, but you've definitely said it to me where if when you are just getting in a new relationship or dating, you're actually dating yourself yeah. because it's the version of yourself that you 
Love the love most. Them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love them. <laughs> like, I'm going to go on a date with her tonight. She's sparkly and fun. She's nope. not worried about the laundry. I am going to just regale with my stories of my former glories mm-hmm. and how awesome I am and or was. It's monotonous. Yeah. Dating is monotonous. And, you know, so if you're not able to show up without a mask and to be vulnerable and to be authentic and whatever emotions are rolling out as you meet somebody that potentially you want as a life partner, like, what are you doing? What I just, you, what are you doing? What are you even doing? What are you doing? Yeah. I don't get it. Maybe it's because well, I'm too old to get ha- it. When you have time in your 20s to waste, you will throw archetypes and what you what you think people want to see at people. And when you're in your 30s and 40s, just like, I, I don't have time for that. Oh, my love. Or the energy. If only that this was happening to people who are primarily oh. in their 20s. <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> okay. So, all right. Do you want to go down? I say you go down through the yogas. I'll go down through the yogas to say, like, to, let's 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 go through the yoga of Travis Kelsey. Now, let me be clear: as as a yoga teacher, as someone who, like, this is my full time job, <laughs> as someone who spends twenty four seven thinking about how yoga, yogic history, philosophy, practice, meditation, mantra, all of it plays into our day-to-day lives. It is not often that I think about the yoga of a celebrity. I'm also not very much of a celebrity follower. Mm. I think the reason that I have fixated on this a bit is because of Travis's ability to change the dating paradigm. So I just want to be like super clear, you know, this this is not I mean I I can tell already because I've said some things in classes like in teaching yoga teacher mm-hmm. trainings you know I've said some things about him in regards to masculine archetypes mm. and I'm like make no mistake Travis Kelsey is a cutie he's a cutie <laughs> he is very young <laughs> in my mind's eye I do tend to track much older you would say very young he's in his mid thirties I think he's thirty three I, I think it's his I wouldn't year. call that I would call that young. I would say very young. Oh, honey, thirty-three. Yeah, 30. you are. You are almost just barely an adult, so you're young. Okay. Well, I think he's a sweet boy. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Um, this isn't coming from the place <laughs> of like. He's a sweet boy. Hey, hey, Travis Kelsey. You know, like I don't. Yeah, it's not coming from that space. Um, although he is very, he is a cutie, and he is a sweet young man. Uh, from what I've seen. I think that it really has to do with I've seen so much in young people's dating world. Mm. You know, we have three adult children. I hear from them around their friends and their datings and all of that stuff that is kind of toxic. And and I also think like in the sports world and in the context of overt masculinity that i have been around being involved in various sports bally type of things and in this house and not in this house <laughs> oh. um the this idea that in order to be masculine you can't be vulnerable mm. oh yeah and you can't be emotional you know all of this toxic masculinity stuff at least on the surface, it looks like Travis Kelsey has healed 
a lot of it. And maybe he didn't have it. I mean, his mother seems lovely. So I do love to give credit to the mothers. Um, Maybe he didn't have it to heal in the first place, Mm. which is a remarkable testament to his character growing up and through a whole lifetime of playing sports. Right. I I would say he probably did. I mean, I'm sure you don't get to that level in that sport Mm -hmm. without experiencing that to some degree in your entire life. So probably a little. So, well done. Well done. And human beings learn from having a model. Mm. They they learn the best from having a model. Our granddaughter was so excited to have lemon in her water, <laughs> like her pop-pop. Have we ever been like, Luna, we put lemon in our water. In it's the- so good for you. No, I've never had a conversation no. with her about this. Madeline told me this the other day, too. So wild. She just wanted lemon. They learn from observation human beings learn best from observation and it is hard for young men to find role models Mm. when there are gross representations of masculinity out there like people i'm not going to name on our podcast oh who have their own podcast that lots of people listen to oh shoot um that's fire and thank the goddess that he is showing up and representing in a different way. So yeah, let's go down the list. Yana yoga. Yana yoga is the yoga of awareness. It's the yoga of self-study. Um, I think I think it's safe to say that there in the handful of things that I've watched and quite a few clips from his podcast with his brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it called? New Heights? New Heights? I think so. Oh, because that's where they're from. I think it's had something, yeah, where they're they're from, where they went to school. (laughs) Uh, You know, there's been a lot of demonstration of Travis being on the up and up in regards to (laughs) personal awareness, self-awareness. And, you know, I think that there are a lot of ways that this is demonstrated, um, but on a spiritual, like tuned in connected aspect he is really really eloquent at course correcting when people say things or he is in disagreement Mm. and so one of the signs of someone who actively is in self-awareness is when they have a reaction to somebody else an ability to maintain groundedness through that disagreement, yeah. through that, mm, I don't actually agree with what you're saying, and I'm going to like time out, interrupt you, mm. but do so in a way that is courteous and clear mm-hmm. and not defensive. Yeah. So, um, you know, I I've seen him do this in regards to like his brother uh, and interactions with his brother's wife, mm-hmm. uh, the two of them. Or when being interviewed and and being asked a question that he doesn't want to answer, Mm. he never comes across as like, you know, kind of snarky, cocky, arrogant, defensive. He comes across as like, I am very grounded in my boundaries. Mm. You don't get grounded in your boundaries like that without a sense of self-awareness of like, what is setting me off? Why Mm. am I reactive? Yeah, it's not usually the default people go to in times of... uh disagreement or stress or something like that right Mm. he's also not intimidated 
at all by her level of fame mm. and people's adoration for her. Yeah. That isn't, you know, something that trips him up. And I believe he was quoted somewhere. I don't know. I didn't hear him say this in a recording, but uh, people were reporting that he had said something in regards to her aura. Mm. And, you know, letting her be in that bright, you know, celebrating uh, her being in that bright energy that she walks around with. And Taylor Swift is a projector in human design, mm-hmm. which I don't think we've really talked about human design much. We have not at all. Yeah. Oh, that's another good topic. <laughs> write that down. Here, write that down. Uh, she's a projector. And so her energy field is penetrating. And most men are going to find the penetrating auric field of a person that is feminine embodied that they're attracted to very intimidating. Hmm. They're either going to go to the place of like, this is magic and I like this and I want to be in it. <laughs> um, however, nobody else is allowed to see this. So they'll uh... immediately attempt to extinguish, which is what I think a lot of her like lame ass ex. Right people that she's been with yeah. have experienced they I mean, they're intimidated by the aura i mean jonah hill comes to mind right away because i think what isn't or wasn't his girlfriend like a surfer oh yeah and he was like trying to be controlling on instagram about yep. like her what she's wearing and mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah yeah it's like being intimidated by other people being attracted to the person that you are also attracted to right it's really weird flex that doesn't make any sense to me it's like do you think you're the only person on the planet that finds this person this attractive insane so sometimes it goes in that direction and more often than not uh an unexpressed underdeveloped immature masculine archetype is going to be intimidated, so intimidated by that aura that they wouldn't have a shot right. in hell to begin with. Yeah. Like Taylor wouldn't acknowledge that person and it would be a non-starter because they would shrink so much in her presence that they can't they can't hold the polarity. Mm. Like they can't be in that tension. Um and so I think that there's a lot of demonstration. Like I said, you know, as we go through some of the other yogas too, all of those yogas being present are also indicative of him being in a state of self-awareness and a pretty advanced state of self-awareness for a man of his age. Yeah. Yeah. So that usually doesn't come until many years later, many life events later, like, you know, (laughs) it's one TikTok. I saw this woman said, I want to date a man who's a little dead inside. And she went on to just say, as someone usually in their 40s, someone who's been through, well, like she was, you know, she was <laughs> in her 40s, uh-huh. like someone my age. And when I mean dead inside, it was a joke. But like, you have had life experience, you have had trials and tribulations, you have had some sort of relationship, financial, professional obstacles you have overcome, you've been through the shit, mm-hmm. you are, you have learned from it, you're better off for it. And you're wiser for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That comes with usually years and not at the age of early 30s. Yeah. Know, without serious intentional work and understanding about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh. And graciousness around perceived failure as well. Mm. You know, like you don't get to be a professional athlete 
without having a balanced relationship with failure. Right. Um, there could be a an unhealthy expression of a relationship with failure where it kind of turns into uh, even more, you know, kind of overt competition, mm. uh, y- you know, but from what I have seen, again, he is, he's able to take uh, an L with, <laughs> <laughs> with grace. Well, there's that story um, of when he and his brother were at uh, University of Cincinnati, like college, mm-hmm. like he was, uh, they were on the football team. He was kicked off the team for like drug use, like, like weed or something like he, you know, kicked off the team like immediately. Mm-hmm. And it was his brother that went to the coach and was like, he's a good guy. This was a mistake. Give him one more chance. This will never happen again. Like he vouched for him uh-huh. and was able to get him back on the team. And like they tell a story on one of their episodes and they both get very emotional talking about it. It's really cute. Okay. Um. So like another check in the box for positive masculine emotion having mm-hmm. where it's like you can bring up this not only failure but acknowledging the help that you needed and got from someone your brother yeah Yeah. and you know not being afraid to be like i love you thank you so much yeah amazing yeah so so i mean it it sounds like i don't really know but like a lot of people have like a your come to jesus moment Mm -hmm. what is the moment where you realize i need to turn it around and like i don't know the history from that moment on i would I would be surprised if that wasn't the moment where yeah. he then course corrected and, you know, became more serious and intentional about, you know, if you're going to be a better anything mm-hmm. in life, you have to be a better person in addition to. So, yeah, yeah. all, all evidence, all evidence in the Yana yoga of Travis Kelsey category. Next up is Raja Yoga. Uh, I mean, that's this is just obvious. It's the pretty obvious. Physical specimen that is Travis Kelsey. <laughs> the physical specimen. I mean, yes, and physical specimen aside, he is an embodied man. And most men are not embodied. Most men are very up in their heads. The the majority of their expression of who they are, of how they be in the world is from the shoulders up. And and it's so interesting to me because He's you know six five, two fifty. Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> oh. It's getting warm in here. <laughs> Woo! Uh you're gonna be okay, honey. <laughs> I'm good. Okay. Um the the masculine energy tends to be mentally oriented. You know, when I tell the story in yoga teacher training about Shiva Shakti, Mm. like Shiva being the divine masculine that we all have, everyone has divine masculine within them. It is a very internal, it is a very meditative, it is very still. Shiva is asleep, essentially looks like this blue god lying asleep in the forest, eyes closed, not technically asleep, in deep, deep, deep samadhi, meditation, is he in yoga, freedom. Is it a yoga nidra? He might as well be in yoga nidra. Deep, deep meditation. <laughs> so if it's anything like my yoga nidra, it's very you are snorry. In deep relaxation, and all of a sudden, <laughs> 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 I'm awake now. <laughs> Sorry, Alyssa. <laughs> and then 
the divine feminine, the sacred feminine energy that we also all have rises up from the lower half of the body. Like this is Kundalini. This is Shakti energy. It moves. It's swirly. It it energizes spaces. Nothing gets done without Shakti. Nothing is calculated and planned without Shiva. So um, this is the the divine play of polarity. And so the the embodiment can be hard for very masculine people mm. because they're so up in their head and they maybe can be in their shoulders. Like, you know, even you, my love, when you... You know, when you say my love, oh, I know I'm, I'm about to receive some... Talking, unsolicited feedback? Talking points. <laughs> some, yeah, unsolicited feedback is exactly... You know, when you start moving to music, I don't know if you even notice this about yourself. Oh. When you move to music, it is very like shoulder oriented and head and neck like you can you can like bop along in the car you know to music you can follow the beat Mm -hmm. it is it's very present rarely does that movement enter the lower half of your body facts and when dancing without steps it's from the waist up your feet are planted yeah if you have steps you can do the steps and you're a, a beautiful dancer um you prefer to not dance without a plan, <laughs> which is still mental body. It's up in the mental body. You need yeah, the plan for the dance. I like the steps, which is why the uh, electric slide makes me so mad. Hate it. Hate, Hate it. it. But even though there are steps, what are the steps? What are the steps? I didn't get the instructions. I'll, I'll break it down for you this I, summer. Oh, I don't care anymore. I know. However, Travis Kelsey mm. is fully embodied. Oh, okay. He will break into... A spontaneous dance, and I don't mean the kind that makes you crazy, like from the big chill or uh, Practical Magic. Um, I'm I'm actually less mad at Practical Magic. (laughs) Big chill just sets me off so much. Celebration is present in the pelvis of Travis Kelsey. And I do not mean that in a sexual way at all. You know what? If this episode had a tagline, Uh I think I just found it. That's good. Um, he moves. He is completely aware of the size of mm. his body and how to move that energy. And when he is full of joy, he will. You're talking about like the touchdown dances yeah, in the end zone, yeah. Just the celebration dances. It's one of my favorite parts of a football game, right? And they are slightly getting. I don't know if this is new, like. I remember watching it in like the late 80s, maybe the early nine through the 90s. They used to try to squash that, like excessive celebration. I don't know if this was a college or NFL thing. Just way to squash the sacred they did feminine. Try to squash it. And in my earlier days, I was a huge proponent of the Barry Sanders method. He was a running back for the, the Detroit Lions. And I have always appreciated because this is how I like to play sports as well. He would score a touchdown, he would jog to the referee hand the ref the ball, and then jog off the field. He would act like, not only has he done this before, mm-hmm. he act like this was the point of why I'm here. Uh-huh. This is the plan. I This is why am I surprised? Like, this is, this is my job and what I'm here to do. So then I'm like, yeah. And especially as a coach, too, I wanted to instill some sort of, like, humility in, like, sure. uh, quote-unquote professionalism. But, like, let's not, you know, let's... You can be happy and we celebrate. And also, like, don't take it to, like, I, I usually did not have to, like, yeah. I usually had to rein teenagers in. Sure. Never had to, like, 
get them to be more crazy. That actually happened pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and watching now, I've noticed that touchdown celebrations not only are just like hugging your teammates, you know, jump high fives or whatever, but like slightly getting more elaborate. Like, I don't know what team. It might have been the Chiefs or Dolphins scored a touchdown and like they did the roller coaster where like four guys sat in a line behind each other. So cute. And they did like someone was just like did the like action and they like ran the hands up the air like they're riding a roller coaster and they tipped to one yes. side to another. And now I'm at the point in my life where who cares? Honey. Don't care at all. It's fun. This is sports magic. Yeah. I Call back to our sports magic episode. Yeah. Season Th- one. Because you know what they're, they would have to do uh-huh. to pull that off? Uh-huh. Rehearse. <laughs> so if you're rehearsing mm-hmm. for the celebration mm-hmm. of a touchdown, oh, okay. the level of manifestation and energy that you, where the gaze goes, the right. prana flows. Like you have rehearsed you have, how you're going to celebrate. You have already decided that it is not a if, it is a when. It is a when and the and- when that you will be prepared for. Mm. That's sports magic. It's great. And it is a demonstration of feminine energy moving on that field when there is dance because dance is innately feminine which is why when overtly masculine people can embody themselves enough to move in that way it is a perfect demonstration of balance in that person honey i don't know if that's uh ever gonna happen well you know you have a lot of irish going on. So I know that it is possible. I know in fact that it is a uh it is deep in the roots of your ancestry. I don't know if we need to break out more fiddle music. I don't know what it's going to be that unlocks that for you. Um but you know, I think that I think that there's just some unlearning mm. and right. also some confidence building. All right. So karma yoga the Travis, the karma yoga of Travis. Yoga Kelsey the third is service, being of use in the world. Okay, Travis Kelsey has a charity. Uh, yes, I knew that. Called eighty seven and running. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Um. This is. I I think that their mission. Actually, I'm just going to read it because it's beautiful. Yeah. Um. So. They have the mission to empower disadvantaged youth to achieve success by providing resources and support to their communities and cultivating their talent in the areas of education, business, athletics, STEM, and the arts. Their vision is to change the outcome of underserved youth and communities across the United States by creating access to opportunities, enrichment, and advancement. So, you know, his ability to reflect on the support systems that he has had in his life, you know, uh, beyond the gracious stepping in of his older brother when he was struggling Mm -hmm. with that situation in college. I think he's spoken out before too, about how like grades and school were hard for Mm. him. Um, each brother and like his ability to, go back, reflect on what was useful, what helped him, it truly taking a village, all of that kind of language, right, in in the world, um, and then putting action behind it mm. is karma yoga. Karma yoga is the yoga of action. What are you doing about things that you see 
in the world, whether it is inequity, whether it is inaccessibility to things, and the recognition, the deep recognition through yana yoga, that you did not get here because you Mm. pulled yourself up by your bootstraps. (laughs) In fact, there were many people who contributed to your success and that you also get to be one of those people that contributes to somebody else's Mm. success. So beautiful. It's great. What a beautiful karma. I love it. Yogi. Yeah. Um, You know, I think that it's not uncommon for professional sports athletes celebrities, you know, things like that to engage in charitable work in the world. Mm-hmm. I think that this one is very heart-centered. I would agree. And very intentional. Mainly because, and I had this thought earlier when you were talking about being a fan of celebrity mm-hmm. and how I think it's slightly different now than it was 40 years ago. Maybe even when we were, I mean, 40 years ago, when we were younger, because of like, the internet and social media celebrities yeah. are way, I think they have a way less curated image yeah. or they have the ability to just go on Twitter and spout off what they want. Yeah. So it's harder to hide their stupidity mm-hmm. <laughs> and any other thing that maybe a publicist would have an easier time squashing and keeping under wraps, which is I think good because we can clearly see a bonehead that we wouldn't have known about 50 years ago. And and it's much harder. You can't. It's harder to keep up the facade of being a decent person exactly. if you're not a decent person. If you're not a decent person, eventually there will be a crack. It's just a hard thing to it's gonna to, come out to fabricate for that much time, unless you are an actual decent person, right? So yeah, which it is just so clear that he is. And I know that like the tweets came out from whatever year, you know. And I'm Ten like, years ago. dear lord, uh. I don't want anybody to read anything I wrote when I was in my early twenties. <laughs> Please, yeah, like these. Please, these freaking these old biddies on the View oh. got their. Th- I don't know, it was Joy Behar or something. Actually, and Whoopi Goldberg, I'm kind of sick of too. She did a rant about young people not working. We worked hard for our stuff. You want to work four hours a day? You're not going to be able to. F- Shut up. See, this is the thing: is how do we Shut how up, do we have conversations about wanting the world to change and being unhappy with the way that our expectations are of human productivity and then shit on anybody who tries to come up with a different idea of what human productivity looks like. Or even like... um, So weird. Young people saying, wow, stuff is very expensive and a house that costs 150 grand now costs 400 grand. And the nerve of someone over the age of 55 Mm -hmm. has to... Don't chime in. Shut up. Don't chime in. Don't chime in. Did you see the thing about Home Alone? And the tallying up of Kevin's groceries. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Seventy got seventy dollars, I think. So at least fifty. So yeah, crazy. it at least doubled. Yeah. Um, anyway. But she yeah. Segway. Joy something or other is complaining or I mean you have to talk about something if you're on TV, whatever yep. it is, because yep. if you don't, no one's listening. No so one's listening. of course you have to talk about something. Well, and if you can bitch about something, you know, you're talking, gonna get even more views. Talking about his tweets about feeding a squirrel and that squirrel going going ham on that bread. Damn. That was a tweet. And she's like, this man is stupid or whatever. I'm like, oh my God. Something like, you, stop it. I'm like, really? Because I think that that's the cutest thing. that he Of all the things he was tweeting right. about, it you was watching to... a squirrel eat. And that's that's the dirt you Dear up Lord. On. Like, give me a break. Yeah. Anyway, I Anywho, digress. Fourth and final. Bhakti yoga. Bhakti yoga. This well, this is, is going to be my favorite category. Right. And this because is, this love. is, I think this is the one that is most 
Visible? Right now. Yes. Yeah. And I love love. I know. I love devotion. I am indifferent. You are indifferent about love? Uh, to the extent that you are. My, I mean, I look like I'm indifferent compared to you. Well, everybody looks like they're indifferent compared to me about love. Yeah. I am a I'm a strong I'm a big fan. You are. I'm the swifty level of love. Yep. You are. <laughs> I'm a lovey. You are. You sure are, babe. You are. Never change. I love love so much. And not just romantic love. The The way that someone who is an artist loves creating art. The way that, I mean, honestly, this is one of the things that I love about watching sports is mm. this is this is just on display absolute love affection devotion for a thing that you're passionate about and you've been passionate about your whole life yeah and i think that that is incredible so bhakti yoga the the bhakti yoga of travis kelsey right now we see it in the way that he has publicly declared and demonstrated his interest in and his adoration of and his devotion to Taylor Swift. I think that he has been studying. I <laughs> fully admit that I'm, I've made this up in my head. So there's no evidence that I have access to that supports this theory. I think he's been studying. I think he knows all the lyrics to all of her songs. I think that he has unlocked a key to a generation of understanding the multifaceted way that feminine energy can present. And if anyone that is remotely close to the age of Travis Kelsey has also been paying attention to mm. Taylor Swift and her lyrics, their whole young adult through their adolescent lives, mm. they have a masterclass <laughs> on how to be with women. Mm. And what the majority of women, if they're willing to actually admit and go deep and and be vulnerable and be heartbroken and be falling in love, think about, you know, like, I, I just, I think he has been studying. And I think that he is willing to be in the fullest expression of love and devotion. He is not afraid of public displays of affection, no, yeah. of putting himself out there, shooting his shots. Um, right. I mean, Man. he did have that show. Was it Catch, Catching Kelsey? Catching Kelsey. Catchy Kelsey, where they're, you know, he was dating like 50 women at once. Five zero? Five zero. One from each state. Oh, my God. I think was the premise. Oh, my God. I don't know how you keep track of that. Um, oh, my. Who has? You know, in your 20s. Yeah. Uh, in your 20s. If you're 20s and it's the off I mean, I don't know how quickly people were getting kicked off the show or like not making it to the next round, but Man. that was the premise. And so... Because if it's the, your 20s and it's the off season, you got a lot of time and energy on your hands. I don't know. Yeah. You can only lift so many weights before you're like, I'm, I mean, I need to date 50 women. And what a way to be like, I'm going to get really good at this <laughs> dating thing and figuring people out. Um he also, you know, on the topic of bhakti yoga and love and devotion, his love and devotion to his family, mm, his yeah. love and devotion to his brother, his love and devotion to his nieces, mm, yeah. and his deep connection to his emotions in regards to that and no holding back. I mean, they must be Scottish. Do you think the Kelsey brothers are Scottish? Do you uh, think Kelsey? 
I mean, it just Scottish men are usually so good at balancing well, wonder, masculinity and emotional mm, displays. Well, they don't have the Irish squish the crying thing. No, like uh, I, I don't know. I'm going to assume that Kelsey was on the name on their father's side. Right. I do not know. I think I saw that episode because there was a pronunciation confusion. I don't know what uh, their mother's last name was. If there was any mm. sort of Northern European Scottish. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but he's so he he has such easeful access to emotion mm. and the fullest expression of emotion. When he is joyful, he is joyful. You know, when he is moved, he is moved. Mm. And you know, that's that's a beautiful thing to to demonstrate in a world of overt toxic masculinity yeah it's true you know that's he's a, modeling that behavior it's a good that's a good it's healthy i'll admit that yeah very much so <laughs> and so you know his his willingness to be transparent around what his feelings are what his intentions are um i think put him puts him in the bhakti yogi mm. category yeah. and and i think also he expresses you know that brotherly love that extends out to friendships as well mm, you yeah. know um i mean honestly we could run down all four of the archetypes very easily mm, right. with travis kelsey yeah. um he the masculine archetypes of magician warrior lover and king oh absolutely easy easy yeah. um he's playful he's fun he is clearly invested in teaching young people and being a role model in that way uh the warrior archetype is probably the easiest because right. how modern men display warriorship most often is through some kind of sportsmanship mm. behavior yeah. um healthy competition type of stuff uh and and again the lover and bhakti yoga just go together like yeah. peas and carrots yeah it's like the one we'll see about the king Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's young. Right. He's yeah. young to step into king archetype. And yeah. we'll see what his, you know, how he does with commitment. Mm, I guess we'll see. It's like that TikTok or the video of when she was on stage, shows over, she runs off stage and Travis is right there. Mm. And they embrace and they kiss and they become king and queen of America. <laughs> that's just the rule. Yep. They become king and queen of America. However, in the that art in that moment, he was not in the king archetype. He was in the warrior lover archetypes. Yeah. Because oh, his yeah. body language was, was very protective of her. His body language is always very protective of her. Mm. So he demonstrates warrior yeah. archetype in that way. And I do have to say, I am also not a Swifty. I have yet to listen to an entire song. I every time I when I think about it, I'm tempted to just go to Spotify and do the this is Taylor Swift channel and mm -hmm. just let it play and see what happens. My only exposure to her over the years was only through the loudest of, you know, noise that was made around her, which was usually about breakups, right? Mm -hmm. Dating this person, big breakup, during this other person, big breakup. And, you know, prior to six months ago, my opinion, opinion, like attitude was like, what is going on? Why does she keep choosing these chuckleheads who end up being garbage heads. people Ugh. i mean yeah I, yeah I don't know it's like what what are you 
I don't know. I was just like, what is going on? Why are you making these choices? It's like, how does everyone, everyone you seem to be put with publicly ends up being a garbage controlling wine ass or just like not deserving of her light. Right. Yes. So like all I was privy to was just basically what I would catch Right. Not even look for, right? And mm-hmm. it's just like, Jesus Christ, another Taylor Swift. Like, what is going on? Why are you whatever? And now I'm paying attention to it more. And I thought, oh, and it's uh, one of those things where you can think of your time in your life, either where you witness a friend or someone, and they keep being with stupid chuckleheads. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why are you making these decisions? Like, yeah. you have salmon and Carnegie Hall taste, mm-hmm. you keep dating mm-hmm. Doritos and Mountain Dew. Yeah. Why do you do this? And then they find a person that lights them up and they say, oh, you know, it's just you were not fishing in the right pond. Not settling. Right. Yeah. You know, Part not of just- settling for what you think you deserve. Mm. And instead, you know, and it's so interesting to me with Taylor because are you on a first name basis? <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I almost, I almost called Travis Trav because <laughs> this is how much these two humans are living in my brain right now. Um, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Oh, I'm sorry. The thing about Taylor is like she has such high standards for herself. Mm. This is what kills me about people in and I they that I see in the world that are our friends, our students, you know, whoever. I'm like, this is your standard for you. Mm. Your standard for the shoes that you wear. Mm. You know, it's like right. the the line from Clueless, right? When Alicia Silverstone is like, I'm picky about my shoes and they only go on my feet. <laughs> right? Like we have these standards and then because of our longing for deep romantic connection, mm. we lower those standards for some chucklehead. For some, yeah. For some chucklehead who right. doesn't deserve it. Like, like of all the things you're going to lower your standards for, right. you know, you're going out to dinner on your birthday mm. and you have thought about all the restaurants that are in the area and what you deserve on your birthday. And then you're going to bring this guy. This guy, really? This guy, him, with you to him? your birthday dinner, but, but, so, you know, I think like finally, Taylor is holding someone to the standard that she holds herself. Like, if that could be the minimum, if mm. we could just ask for partners, yeah, that we hold to the standards, the levels and the standards that we hold ourselves, mm. like, then that partner is what shows up. I mean, that's how I manifested you, babe. Oh. And I think that Travis actively manifested her. Oh, yeah. And I I think... This isn't a whole lesson in shooting your shot. I don't know what is. I don't know what is either. And I think that finally she gets to exhale. Mm. You know? And, And I think that she is going to get to have that experience of home being a person Mm. because i think that you know not that we're talking about the ayurveda of travis kelsey but no doubt this man is pitta kapha 
<laughs> you don't get to be 6'5 and 250 pounds yeah. without having significant earth mm. energy. And I think he has a, a sweet balance of fire in there. And I think that she's going to get to experience what it's like to be with a man, with a partner who is home. Well said, honey. Well said. I love it. I love this. This is just now another lens I'm going to view the world and people, the four levels of yoga, which I've been exposed to, but haven't really known as much about. I took notes. So You did. Yeah. This my is love another, language, babe. Another, another lens, along with human design, which we're going to talk about. Soon. I won't say next, but I'll say soon. No, because we got to do a Christmas episode. we got to do that, which that'll be next. Okay. Christmas at Thunder Road is next. I love it. I love it. For Mutual Victory, this is Matt. This is Jeannie. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.